that I posted a couple days ago. I, you know, if I need really advice and I'm just not sure what, what to do, I'm just going to go post the Nacho Academy because if I do the Facebook group, it just, I'm just asking for, <laughs> you're asking advice. for it. No offense, no offense, <laughs> but I'm just asking for bad advice. Yeah. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 146 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. That's right. David, you haven't given me a hard time for saying podcast. I know. I just give up on it. I really try not to. (laughs) You know, what is it except the things you can't change? (laughs) Yeah. So... And the wisdom to know the difference. So I think I'm hitting the wisdom portion now. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I can do it. Welcome to episode 146 of the Nacho Kids podcast. Why do you say everything so fast? I don't know. Why can't you just say podcast? Okay. Instead of podcast. <laughs> Welcome to episode 146 of the Nacho Kids podcast. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all see how difficult this is? <laughs> Am I a this now? You're calling me this? No, I'm talking about recording the opener of a podcast. Nobody ever thought it was so difficult. <laughs> oh, y'all have no idea. <laughs> yeah, thank God for editing. Yeah, because David says a bunch of crap. What? You do. You know you do. Look at that little innocent guilt look on your face. <laughs> innocent <No>. guilt look. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, of I, course you don't. I never say things that are inappropriate. Anybody that's listened to one of our podcasts knows it's better than that. <laughs> Don't be lying to our listeners, David. Uh, well, it's part of the draw. <laughs> I got a draw. It's like some people come to get the imparted wisdom of the podcast, and others come just to see and hear what in the world is he going to say this time. Thank God I edit most of it out. <laughs> no, that's the sad part. Or we'd have to have a rating of M. We'd have the Nacho Kids After Dark podcast. You keep talking about that. We can't do that. <laughs> okay, fine. What else are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about chores. Okay. With the stepkids. The fact that your son doesn't have any? Is that what we're talking about? No, no. This isn't about Jackson. <laughs> this is about and, and for, people. For listeners, with, though, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt, though, because I do have to say for the listeners that's not what you do <laughs> not showing. <laughs> you don't bring up the other kid and say, oh, your kid doesn't do chores. So just throwing that out there. You know, we're in a completely different stage here. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to talk about chores, but now you got me thinking about tit for tat. That's a good one. It happens a lot. So maybe we'll talk about chores another time and go with tit for tat for now. All right. So... You said something the other day. Oh, Lord. Here we go. (laughs) I don't even remember what it was. And I didn't respond, but my thought process was, well, you didn't say that about your kids. (laughs) But I didn't say that. And I thought, oh, my God, does this ever end? And the answer was no. (laughs) No. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what we've been trying to tell people lately. Like, you think that once they're... Once they've moved out, started a family of their own, all these milestones in life, the struggle doesn't go away. It just changes. And I wouldn't say struggle. I would say challenges. That's probably a better word, yeah. But everybody knows we got these puppies, and I was going to try not to talk about the puppies. (laughs) But you claimed one, I claimed one, right? (laughs) Yeah. It makes me mad when you talk bad about my puppy. (laughs) (laughs) okay and you get defensive when i talk about yours i don't know i I don't you don't say anything bad about mine because she's perfect see (laughs) (laughs) you're just mad because you picked the spastic one well i'm not going to dispute that but let's just say everything happens for a reason Yeah, but no, it, I mean, the point is that people get very defensive about what is theirs. Mm-hmm. It's it's like if I 
if, if you brought me your car and said, I want to sell you my car and I start going, but look at this dent, look at this scratch here and the uh, radio, um, you know, it's kind of crappy. You'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is my car. Mm-hmm. You get defensive about things that belong to you. And I don't know that people realize the depth of that. It's an emotional attachment, people. It is. It absolutely is. That's why people say you purchase things emotionally and then you back it up with logic. You know, even like you, when your sister bashes you, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I get defensive. Mm-hmm. But I don't retaliate with, well, your husband, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> Some people do, though. Yeah, but Jamie seems kind of perfect, so. It, well, it's not that. It's it's more of, like, for me, I, I mean, it's a sibling thing. Like, I expect her to do that. In fact, if she wasn't doing that, I would be like, okay, what's wrong? <laughs> mm-hmm. She doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just because that's just kind of the relationship we have. Um, but we also both know that. If you mess with one of us, you're going to mess with both of us kind of thing. You, I'm sure mm-hmm. you've known people that way before. Like, I will I will beat up my sibling, but if you try to beat them up, I will beat the mess out of you. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I can talk crap about my mama, but you better not. Right. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, this is going to happen, people. The way to prevent it from happening is to do like I did. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. So when David made that comment, and I thought to myself, well, you weren't like that with your kids, I didn't say it. Because you'd been wrong. David, (laughs) you're making this difficult. (laughs) No, I wouldn't have been wrong. But the point is, the tit for tat is useless. All it does is make everybody mad. Well, it never stops. You know, it's, it's playing ping pong with words. Right. And emotions. And it, you know, you've seen people play ping pong. It starts out, you know, the ball's going a certain speed and a certain velocity, and then it gets faster and harder. And, you know, eventually somebody is, you know, is able to just smack the crap out of it over the net and you score a point. The difference is that when you're playing ping pong with words and emotions, there's no winner. You know, you, you, Spike the ball, so to speak, but there's no winner. You might walk away thinking, oh, I won that argument. There's no winner in that argument. You both lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I looked it up. You'll find this interesting. The phrase tit for tat is thought to have derived from Middle English term tip for tap. Oh. Which, which means blow for blow or exchanging insult for insult. Oh. See, I thought tip for tap would have been like, I'll give you money for beer. <laughs> well, I, that's what I thought at first, too. It says the very old meaning of the word tip and tap is hit or light touch. Ah, yeah. Hmm. Look, y'all, we're not just educational about blended families. We're educational all around. Yeah. It's like, welcome to the History Channel. <laughs> well, I always love the saying, eye for an eye um, leads to a world of... What is it? A world blind of blind people? people? I don't know. I, I messed it all up. But it, yeah, basically, you know, if you do eye <laughs> for an eye, then everybody's blind. And um, and I think there's some truth in that when you start doing a tit for tat. There's some blindness going on there. Where you, oh, of course. You know, you're just not even paying attention to what's really happening internally, externally with the other person, all the negative Interactions is happening, all the negative withdrawals into the emotional accounts of people that are uh, there and involved. Because it might not even be the person that you're talking to that's having a negative impact on. You're talking crap about the parent and the stepkids and they're going, huh, I see how you're treating my, my dad. I see how you treat my mom. It's not good. Yeah. And some people will say, oh, so I'm just supposed to sit there and take it when they talk crap about my kid? People, listen, we're not saying be a doormat, but we're saying there's no point in tatting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It leads to hurt feelings on both sides. Your response could be, I don't appreciate you talking poorly about my child or negatively about my child. Mm -hmm. And you can stop at that. Or you could use the famous FBI statement. It upsets me 
when you talk poorly about my child and I'm afraid that it's going to damage our relationship. That's a very good one. Boom, yow. Yep. So You've told them how you feel when they act a certain way and what the impact's going to be. Yeah. And you didn't play tit for tat and play ping pong with them for 20 minutes and everybody walk away pissed off. Right. And trust me, the walking away part is good. Now, here's the thing. You can say certain things and walk away. Like, for example, you could say, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't believe that's a fair statement. Or I don't want this to go out, get out of control. And so you walk off or whatever. But you don't walk off. And then as soon as you start to close the door, your kid sucks too. Slam. <laughs> 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 um, but if, you're, if you really think about it, there are times when you can drop an effective one-liner that makes them think like, okay, I was being a jerk. Or, yeah, that's probably not true. I was taking a little too far. But you've got to you've got to be prepared for things like this. This is part of communication that people fall down on is that they don't prepare themselves for the times when these tough conversations are going to come up. And so you don't respond. You simply react. And reaction looks like this. You know, grab a dog by the tail and jerk it really hard. You don't get a response from the dog. You get a reaction. That dog's going to turn around and bite this snot out of you. <laughs> Because there's no thought process involved in it. It's, oh, it's pain, and I'm going to attack what's causing the pain. And that's what we do. There's a pain. It's usually emotional. And then we attack what's causing that pain. Hurt people hurt people. Yep. That's true. But tit for tat is not beneficial for anybody. Nope. So the next time your significant other says something about your beloved, innocent, angelic child, just dismiss it as crap. (laughs) You know, you could always say, well, that's interesting. Let me go think about that and then walk off. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) say? Or you can do like that lady that I keep talking about on 2020 or whatever it was when she goes, okay, yeah, don't engage in it. And I know, I know it's hard to do. Yeah. Because you want to defend your child. And the easiest way to defend your child is to say something about their child. Mm Mm-hmm. Or their mama, if they say something about your mama. Whatever it is. <laughs> your mama. But there is no positive outcome for titting and tatting. No. No, because what happens if if you really play it out, if I engage you and I say something that's the tit <laughs> and you don't <laughs> you don't tat, then I honestly I feel bad. Like it might maybe not in that moment, but at some point I'm like, okay, I was being a jerk. And I'm more likely to come to you and go. You know, I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that. That was unfair of me, whatever. But if I say, if I say my tit and you say your tat, then I'm going to feel like, okay, well, you know, we were both in the wrong here and I'm not going to apologize until she apologizes. And then now you're getting on this whole circle of, you know, crap. It shifts the responsibility. Yeah. How do you like that? Circle of crap. That's a scientific, circle of crap. scientific blended family terminology. <laughs> and we're not using that to describe the blended family, y'all. <laughs> no. Although at one point in time, it could have been used in our lives. Mm-hmm. But nachoing saved that. Nachoing eliminated the blended circle of crap for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True that. <laughs> All right, David, let's announce this week's winner of the Linda Dunham Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. Let's do it. Drum roll, please. <laughs> The winner is Tiffany J. Congratulations, Tiffany. Congratulations, girl. We will send you an email and get you started on your free month of the Nacho Kids Academy, courtesy of Linda Dunham. Yeah, that's right. All right. Let's talk about our guest today. Okay. And y'all, we'll talk about chores next week. I made a note. <laughs> Stepmom today is stepmom Laura. Been blending two years. Stepson 14. Bio daughter 12. Mm. David, you know Laura. She's in the Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's several interesting things about this discussion with Laura, but one of the interesting things was her and her ex had Mm 50-50 for four years, and then he took her back to court, and she ended up with less time with her kid. I mean, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah. And it's not like she was a bad mom or anything. It's just Russian roulette with the, probably not Russian roulette, (laughs) it's just playing roulette with (laughs) the court system. It, It 
that brings up a, another topic. And I don't know if you, how far down the rabbit hole you want to go with this, but it is very interesting that if, if you say a guy, a dad, a dad lost time with his kid, you immediately think, well, the courts are against the dads. If you say a mom lost time with her kid, you're like, what's wrong with her? What did she do? Yeah, you're right. So I kind of asked her that. I was like, what'd you do? I didn't say it like that. <laughs> but her husband has pretty much full custody of his kid. He goes to mom every other weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That is hard when the custody schedules are so different. And David, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. When Jackson would go to his dad's for the weekend, and I'm like, I miss my baby. I'm like, oh my You're, gosh. Yeah, you're like, I hadn't had mine in five days. Yeah. What the crap? Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. I mean, you didn't say that to me because you obviously still have teeth. But. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I felt it. That's one of those times when I definitely kept my mouth shut. Because, I mean, I realized that how you felt was how you felt. Even though inside I'm thinking, oh, come on, please. You know, a weekend? I'd love to have every other weekend kind of deal. I'm having to do without them every other week. That's the way I thought, and that's the way I felt. But I had to really concentrate on not letting that be something that turned me emotionally against you in that for that topic. Well, here's the thing. If you would have told me that, I would have felt bad for you, but it wouldn't have changed how I felt. Right. No, and I wouldn't expect it to. Right. And some people would say, David, why didn't you tell Lori how you felt when she said that? And I would say that would, that's a fantastic question. And I would say that at the time, I don't think, at least me, I don't think I was comfortable sharing that with you. Like there was not that trust level, emotional trust level. Like I trusted you with other things. You know, there's different levels of trust. Um, But I don't know that emotionally I felt that was a safe space for me at the time. When it became a safe space for me, we had that discussion. But early on, right. no, no, because it just it just wasn't. Because for a long time there, you know, you and I kind of felt like, um, you know, I'm dealing with my stuff, you deal with your stuff, and then, you know, we might come together on certain things. But for the most part, you know, emotionally, we were very split, even though physically we were together. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. So we talk about this because with Laura only having her child a certain amount of time, and her significant other having his child most of the time, when they don't get their child-free weekend because bio mom backs out or is late or something like that, it upsets Laura. Mm-hmm. But if it was her kid, it wouldn't. Right. But at least she realizes that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's common. Uh, I remember when you and I would have things like that come up sometimes. I don't think it was ever a huge deal for either of us. I think it was kind of a, there might've been a sense of disappointment. Like, oh man, I was really looking forward to, you know, having a kid free weekend. But you and I both understood two things. One is if we were in a nuclear family, we wouldn't have this opportunity anyway. Mm-hmm. And two, if you didn't want your kid because, and it was offered to you, I would look at you like, what's wrong with you? And I think you felt mm-hmm. the same way. Like, why would you not want to have your kid if you have the ability to. Right. All right, David, let's quit talking. Okay. okay. Let's get to listening to Laura. How about that? Let's get to listening to Laura. <laughs> All right. We dropped a bunch of knowledge bombs and some history lessons today. <laughs> yeah, we did. And we ain't through, y'all. Here we go. All right. So here's a little blurb about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom, Laura. Hey, Laura, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Lori? Good. So how long have you been blending? Well, we've been blending since um, 2019, July of 2019, and we recently just got married and no- back in November. So it's been about close to three years. So yeah, we were dating for about a year before we uh, moved in together. Well, congratulations, newlywed. Well, thank you. How many stepkids, bio kids, all that good stuff? 
I've got one bio kid. She is almost, she'll be 13 in July. And then I've got a step kid that is 14. Okay. He just turned 14 in January. Pretty close in age. Yes. Oh, yes. Do they go to the same school? They do not. So she lives with her dad. Her dad has primary custody. So we have like 60-40 arrangements. So she goes to the school that he is at, he lives at. And then so his son, my stepson, actually is at the same school that I work at because his dad's the same as a teacher there too. Oh, cool. So <laughs> pretty you, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you've got 60-40 with your ex. Mm-hmm. With him having About, 60. Yeah. Yes. Thanks to the court system. <laughs> Family court system. So what happened there? So we've been divorced since 2013. And uh, back in 2017, we were up to that point, we were doing 50-50. We weren't doing the week on week off. We were doing more like splitting during the week. Mm-hmm. So whenever, so back in 17, um, for some reason, I don't know what got into my ex-husband's mind, but he decided to um, file a modification for custody. So, you know, there was one day I was picking her up and he just gave me this copy of it. And I was like, what the heck is this? Because I've never seen that. We went through a non-contested divorce. So we kind of made it easier, wanted to make it easier, which in the long run, I would not recommend that, which I've heard other people saying that in different podcasts. Yes. Get it in writing. Yes. So I learned that the hard way. I talked to my mom and she's just like, you need to, you need to get on this. You need to get attorney. You need to fight for this. And I was like, yeah, of course. But I didn't know where to go to. So my mom actually gave me a reference to her divorce attorney. (laughs) My mom got divorced back in um, 1990. I made the mistake of doing that. He ended up charging me a lot more than any other attorney. But my thing is, well, I have a good attorney. I can get what you know, I want as far as yeah. I can win. And that didn't work out that way. So, you know, when I went through him, he was he's kind of a hard, hard butt. And he basically just made me feel guilty. Like he was just like, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. You know, you didn't, there was some, like he would ask me certain questions about, well, why were you late in getting her like 30 minutes later? Why, why was there a day that you didn't take her to school? you know, or some, you know, just circumstances that happen. And he just made me feel like this is all you're going to get. Other than that, you're just going to have to go through the actual court because he basically, him and my ex-husband's attorney basically just kind of worked it out in Mm -hmm. good faith. But he made it sound like, you know, you're going to have to pay a lot more money if, you know, we go through this and this is all you're going to get. There's no guarantee that you're going to have 50-50. So, you know, I, I felt like I would, didn't have a choice at the time. I was broke. I didn't have any money. I was single. Right. And they scare um, you to death. They scare exactly. you and say, you might not even get this much time. The judge might give him full custody with you every other weekend. Absolutely. And it's still just, you know, you always talk about how th- certain things trigger you and, you know, you just, you start getting upset about it. It's just it, sometimes when I even bring this up and think about it, it just, it just really, uh yeah, <laughs> it just upsets me. But. I know, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to upset you. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. No, it's not you. It's it's just, it's good to talk about at the same time. Yeah. But it's just, sometimes it just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way, even talking about court stuff, which there's a lot I haven't talked about, which will come mm-hmm. out probably when my son turns 18. But yeah. that's why I'm so passionate about it, because it affects you tremendously. Mm-hmm. You paid a lot of money. To have your, basically, attorneys mediate with you, for lack of a better word, losing. Absolutely. Making you feel like you win, but you lost at the same time. Right. That's kind of how I felt. And you don't know what would have happened if you went to court. Yes, you probably could have pumped out another ten grand <laughs> easily. Yeah. But yeah. you never know. That's what sucks about it. Yeah, and it really does. And... So it just kind of comes along when I started blending with my husband now. So my stepson, until we started blending, they had 50-50. They were week on, week off. And when my when his son turned, I guess before we started, we started dating and all that, I think he wanted to take his son in full time mm-hmm. because I guess he just kind of felt like that would be the best situation. My stepson doesn't really have a good relationship with his stepdad from what I've been told. 
my stepson has autism and ADHD. I know okay. I've told you this a few times in the Q&A calls and everything, but I don't know if it's because of that, you know, that he's just kind of, his behaviors, sometimes you just kind of have to understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if his stepdad, I think his stepdad's more of a, this is a black and white thing. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, it's either this or that or the high, I don't know. I, I don't, I really never met him, so I can't really talk for him, but it just sounds like that's in the situation. They just have not had a good situ- relationship since he was, I think he was three when he came into their life. Wow. Yes, from what I was told. <laughs> Apparently, his ex-wife, while they were still in the divorce process, she was pregnant. So my my husband had to sign something that said that he wasn't the dad of the baby that she was pregnant with. So she was like eight months pregnant by the time the divorce was finalized. Wow. <laughs> yes. I'm glad I wasn't in that situation. I'm glad I wasn't, you know, I didn't know him that time. That would have been. Yeah. 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 So she, here she is with a three-year-old getting divorced and was pregnant with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's still with that same guy though. She's, she's married to him. Okay. So my stepson has two half siblings. Okay. Well, at least they're still together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So does your husband now have his son 50-50 or? It's full time. So, so he has him basically except every other weekend. So it's about 95%. Okay. So was it fairly easy for him to get him full time? Was the mom willing? Mm-hmm. As far as I know. <laughs> so, that kind of comes along with his kind of understanding what my situation is. I didn't get that opportunity to have that more time with her. And I feel like sometimes he doesn't understand that his problem's the opposite of mine. Mm-hmm. His son would rather be at his dad's, whereas my daughter would rather be at her dad's because she's a daddy's girl. She, they have this relationship. It's a, <laughs> I think I basically popped her out and that was it. Because she's all like her dad. She acts like her dad. She talks like her dad. She has her food preferences are like her dad. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are your dad. How old was she when y'all split up? She was um, almost four. Okay. Yeah. So it was that summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny the things they pick up from a bio parent, even if they're not around them all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, she, her interest, she's very, she's like a tomboy. So she's never been to Barbies. She's never been into dolls. I mean, Mm -hmm. she even cringes at the sight of a doll, but (laughs) oh yeah. So she's just always had that. There's just so many interests that she has that her, it's like her dad, they just know. And I hate to say that. I hate saying that. I mean, we, our thing we do is we go to thrift stores together. She has some of her things with me and I have some, she has her thing with her dad, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's kind of been a difficult situation on my part with my relationship with my daughter. Well, and like you said, it impacts your relationship with your husband now because he has his child all the time. Mm -hmm. You don't have yours. And we talked about this a while back in the Academy that Mm -hmm. some of your resentment was because you saw him do the things to his ex that your ex did to you. Yeah. From my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. As far as taking the kid full time and things like that. Yeah. And I I say my perspective is because my, my husband's like, Oh, that's not your, your situation is not the same as mine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, but this thing kind of reminds me of it. I mean, just, it really triggers a lot of emotions in me whenever, you know, I, I feel like you're talking bad about your ex in front of, your son. Right. And then it's hard to tolerate, and I'm going to use the word tolerate, mm-hmm. your stepson being there all the time when you don't have your daughter all the time because it's just a reminder you don't have your daughter all the time. Absolutely. And it's, you know, Lori, it's taken me a while to realize that. Not in, It's until I nachoed. I thought it was just because, oh, this kid's here all the time and, oh, I just can't get a break. And But then I started nachoing and it's like, you know, his presence doesn't really influence what I do in the household. I think a lot of it was because subconsciously it was because I did not. It just reminded me of the fact I didn't have my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and when they watch their movies together and do all that, it, it just reminds me that 
you know, our relationship's not the same as their relationship because they're close. Yeah. It's what he represents. Absolutely. Yes. I remember um, we had a conversation with you about macaroni and cheese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's still a big thing. That's still a big thing in our household, by the way. <laughs> Your stepson likes a certain type of macaroni and cheese. Yes. And it goes, it, it alternates. It, yeah. One day it's the shells. The other day it's just the regular ones. Oh, okay. So that's good. There's I some know. variety. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that macaroni tree, cheese represents a lot of stuff in our household. It does. It does. And you are not the first person that we've had that we've talked about macaroni and cheese with. Mm-hmm. The bathtub? Yeah, the bathtub. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. Your stepson's uh, not eating it in the bathtub, though. So. No, no. That's that's when the realization I was like, you know what? This could be a lot more difficult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and again, sometimes we th- need to hear those other things, to put things in perspective for us. Not that yours isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's just when you look at it, you're like, wait a minute, this could be worse. So maybe I'm giving it too much emotional weight. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, Lauren, there's another thing I just wanted to you know point out. I'm still, you know, we talked about on the Q&A, just about the weekend. My husband's like, well, you know, I could have as much time as I wanted to. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, you already have him 95% of the time. And it's like, for me, it kind of bothers me because when he's not there that weekend, he just, it's like, oh, there's just something certain, like he just, he wants to call him Mm -hmm. and just check on him. And I'm thinking, he's only going to be gone for two days. It's just two days. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen my daughter in a week. Mm -hmm. And, and I know you and David talked about this, about you having, Jackson full time, and then David only had him fifty fifty, and he would, he would not understand why you were upset whenever he was having to. Yeah, yeah. Jackson yeah. would go to his dad's, and I'm like, I miss him, and mm-hmm. you know, David never said this, but mm-hmm. well, later he did. You know, once we can talk <laughs> about these things, but he said, right. you know, to him, he's thinking, "Woe is you." You know, your kid's gone for forty eight hours; mine are gone mm-hmm. for a whole week. Right. And I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. I don't think my husband, yeah. But just because he felt that way about his p- kids being gone a week didn't make me go, oh, yeah, I shouldn't miss Jackson while he's gone because yeah. I do. Right. Yeah. I think that's when he, when he calls him at least once or twice. I'm just like, let him have his time with his mom. <laughs> it's his mom's time. And it, I don't know why it bothers me so much. I think, again, it's because it re- represents the relationship you don't have with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really does. And, you know, a lot of times stepmoms will say, well, he doesn't value our relationship because he's always worried about his kid. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. we can't do anything on the weekends because he's going to keep his kid if the mom doesn't want him. And it's not always about you. Mm-hmm. And and you're learning that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's not easy. And it's not that you're not important. It's just... They're kids. They're our kids. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. It's just, I think it's just hard for us to understand where we're coming from in this situation. Yeah, because you're looking at it from the other side. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard to say, well, no, I don't think you should keep your kid yeah. the extra Friday night because you have him all the time. When you know yeah. good and darn well, if you had your kid, you'd be more than happy to keep her an extra night, even if you had her all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I just have to look at it more of his perspective, but I just sometimes wish he could see it, kind of see it in my lens as well. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think he's going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very hard headed too. He's very, yeah. I, yeah. He's hard headed and he hasn't had to deal with that situation. Right. And even if his son's not there, even if he only had him 50 50 again, he's got a close relationship to him. Or with him, so he would talk to him more often. Right. That's true. Yeah, I think he would call him like once a day or something. Yeah. And it, it's and when he calls him, it's not because he's like, oh, I miss you so much. It's more of like he was going to the grocery store. He wanted to see what kind of mac and cheese he had wanted. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's always about that. He's asked about mac and cheese. Do you want the shells or do you want the deluxe? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But still, it's like when he calls him, I'm like, okay, I've got to walk away. 
I got to go some other aisle to get something because it's just like it's something triggers me when that happens. Mm-hmm. When it's just us together with no kids, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'm going to put my son on speakerphone. I'm going to call him." And I'm just like, "I just, I just want to break. <laughs> I just want to break from that voice. Not yeah. to be mean or anything, but you know, it's just I just I gotta still disassociate myself. I've got 40 hours, 48 hours of not hearing a kid's voice." I just want to walk away from that for that two days. Now, if it was my kid that called me, of course, you know, that's different. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want you to think it's no kids, but, you know, I guess maybe it's him because <laughs> he's here all the time. <laughs> well, it's just, it's different. It's because it's not your kid. Mm-hmm. I, um, the other thing we talked about, how we see our kids in, versus our stepkids. The other day, I did, I did post this um, a couple days ago, but. Whenever my stepson cleaned the bathroom (laughs) and there's been time, there's a time that he was like, when we lived at the other house, we had that chore situation where he was making my daughter do as much as his son was, even though his son was full time, my daughter wasn't even there. She would have only been there that one night. And why would she have to do chores for something that she wasn't even there? Right. And why should she have to clean up a bathroom that she doesn't even use? Right. At least in at least one side of her sink. I mean, if she uses mm-hmm. that during the weekend, okay. But he actually pays his son now to do the chore. So we, we don't have that issue anymore. But it's funny because he will say like, oh, he just cleans. So he's just, he's very OCD and he's a well, spotless cleaner and he does a really good job. Well, you know, I went to that bathroom <laughs> a couple <laughs> days ago. It didn't even look like it had been cleaned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just had a laugh about that. I know. I was talking with David one day. One of the kids, we had asked to vacuum. That was their chore that day. And you could tell, I mean, he couldn't have ran any faster over that carpet with the vacuum cleaner. So it didn't do, you know, it wasn't done well. Mm -hmm. And so I turned around and did it again. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know. Well, really, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Which I did. I didn't either. I just, I just laughed and walked away. <laughs> yes. Well, and two, our expectations for cleaning are usually a lot different than our significant others. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying women versus men. It can be the other way. Some mm-hmm. men are meticulous when it comes to cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to look at it as, oh, well... He thinks he did a great job. And he's going to go back there and look again. And he's probably like, oh, oh, this spot was missed. Because he'll, sometimes it'll take him a couple times to realize, oh, wait a second. You know, <laughs> son, I think, or his, my son. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's particular about the kitchen. That's his baby is a kitchen. He cooks. He does the dishes. He has control over that kitchen. I have no reservations of that. That's yes. great. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about nacho cooking or any of that. So that's a good got lucky in that aspect. Or dishes. Or dish, yes. Girl, you write that down because that is a blessing that you should count every single day. Uh, yeah. Just from looking at all the posts and hearing the podcast. Yeah, I count my blessings. Mm-hmm. Even from me going through it. I still hate doing dishes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, I would hate doing dishes now. You know, my stepson being there full time and, you know, all of us together, that would be yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you recently got married. Mm-hmm. Did you notice if anything has changed since you got married? Because y'all lived together a year and a half. You know, in some, yes and no. I'm trying to kind of pinpoint exactly what, there's a lot of things that haven't changed. I mean, we still separate our finances. You know, I still nacho my stepson. Sometimes he's not shows my daughter. He should, he should be, I wish he could not show a little bit more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as that, it's just, I think there's some things that are, that have changed, but as far as with the, the kids, no, not at this point. I'm not saying that's not going to ever happen because I grow and things change in the situations. Yeah. Well, too often we hear that people have lived together 20 years Mm-hmm. They get married, then things change with the stepkid and the step parent. Mm-hmm. But you are really good at nachoing your stepson, and you've been doing it a while. Mm-hmm. About a year, over a year. So you didn't come back after y'all got married and say, "Oh, 
I'm your stepmom illegally now, little boy. You better start cleaning up. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, you, you know, it's because whenever, I guess we were going from the courthouse and then we went, decided to go out to eat afterwards. You know, we had like a small family, my mom, my, my dad and my stepmom. We just had a, a gathering afterwards. Mm-hmm. And my mom told me that my, my stepson run the car with her because it was just a short drive. And he was like, yeah, I'm, she's going to be my stepmom. She, she's my stepmom now. I wish, you know, something about, he said something about like, well, I wish she, she could be my mom too. And I'm like, when my mom told me that, I was like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't look at me as his mom. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just part of that, trying to communicate what he was. Sometimes he had a hard time communicating like what his thoughts are, just part mm-hmm. of that social behavior. But I, I mean, at least he was not saying anything negatively about me. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. and, and two, his mom's not very reliable. Mm-hmm. And he no. sees that. So he may feel like you are more of a mom to him in some ways because you're, you're consistent. You're there. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good point, Lori. It's hard to try to figure out how these kids feel about things. Yeah, especially with him. He, he's kind of in his own world sometimes. And especially with my daughter, she just, she's 12, but she's a teenager. I'm just going to say that right now. She's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, with him, sometimes it's hard. If he, he'll, he'll more likely communicate with his dad. He's the one that he talks to the most. Mm-hmm. But like with me, it's kind of hard. You know, he just, he just kind of shuts down. Yeah. So you know, he just plays his video games and has his headphones on and that's, that's it. <laughs> sometimes that's best. Yeah. Yeah. So do either of you want more kids? Uh no. <laughs> We're I I just turned forty five. Oh, so no. he just turned he's, he's gonna be forty four in March. I don't think so. I don't wanna I don't wanna um be sixty three and my child graduate. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's my son walking across the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm in the nursing home right now. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make fun of anybody that has children and they're older. I know several people that have had children in their 40s. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know people too, and I'm just like, wow. I was 32 when I had my daughter, so I was a little bit later than... I live in Oklahoma, so in the state that I live at, I think the norm is about 20. <laughs> the average age is about 18, 20 to have a child. So I was pretty late in my... Yeah, I had Jackson when I was 31, and that's really late here, too. Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess you live in the South, too, so that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do things kind of slow. <laughs> yeah, we're late bloomers. Yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly, he couldn't have came at a better time. I don't know that I would have had the patience. I don't know that I had the patience at that age, honestly. Right. Yeah, I was still, you know, I was still going to the bars and in my 20s. <laughs> doing all that got that out of the way yeah at least you got that out of the way and didn't decide to do that after you had a child right right mm-hmm. so what would you say has been the hardest part of your blend it's been you know when first originally I was even though I would love to have my child more time I got to the point where I was getting used to having her the schedule, like I was having her when I was single, mm-hmm. I was having her every other weekend. Was it let's see, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I would have her one day during the week. So it was about 10 days a month that I would have her. And I was used to having my alone time. I, you know, I would come home and like the only thing would be there would be my cat waiting for me. Mm-hmm. There was a point in time between me having a roommate and then blending. It was about a two and a, about a two and a half years. So I was, I was getting used to doing my thing. So, you know, I come into this and it's like, oh, there's a child here every day. Oh, well, okay. You know, I didn't realize how we were so different from each other. Our personalities, mm-hmm. our backgrounds were so different from each other. My husband grew up, he didn't grow up having reliable parents, which is partly why he would He'd say stuff like, yeah, I want my child here as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I have to remember that because my mom would say, whenever she was, we were with my dad every other week and she was like, yeah, me and my, me and your stepdad enjoyed our time together. So it was kind of like, she enjoyed that. So like, we just, we just had different backgrounds. Right. So that was the hardest part with us was just trying to come together and 
come up with compromises and agreements. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense because your background is what created you. Absolutely. And you had a different experience in a blend mm-hmm. than he experienced, but he wasn't in a blend, was he? He was in a, um, you know, he had a stepdad. He, I think okay. he had a couple stepdads. So, and he liked them. He was close to one of his stepdads. Okay. So you both grew up in blends, but just different types of blends. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. What's your bio daughter and stepson's relationship like? They don't really talk. I mean, they're, they're, it's not like they're like, they're fighting or there's no animosity. They just, they're just two different people. And, um, there was a situation a couple of years ago when, when we lived at our other house, we had all these kids that would down the street that they would play with. Mm-hmm. So there was a situation where I guess my daughter thought that uh, my stepson was ratting, ratting them out. There was a small group of kids that were doing something. I don't know what was going on, but anyway, my husband got defensive because I guess she called him a name or something. I not, like I said, I wasn't there, but ever since that happened, they just don't talk to each other. They just, we just think, well, it's just better just for them not to. Unfortunately, I wish they did have a positive relationship, but. But they can sit at the kitchen table together and not. Yes. Yes. Hateful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing too. So I, like I said, Lori, after hearing all these podcasts and, Watching the Facebook group, which I have to watch out for that. <laughs> watch out. Yes. I mean, I've just, I've had to count my blessings for what, you know, I haven't had an experience. Yeah. Well, and you're in the academy too, so you've learned to look at things differently as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is good. I've, I've learned, you know, except for posts like that I posted a couple of days ago, I, you know, if I need really advice and I'm just not sure what, what to do, I'm just going to go post in Nacho Academy. Because if I do the Facebook group, it just I'm just asking for <laughs> You're asking advice. for it. No offense, no offense, but I'm just asking for bad advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A handful of those comments will be good, not your advice. Now I do like Rebecca's there's a girl named Rebecca. She's uh-huh. a group expert. And then of course, um <laughs> Sylvia. Uh-huh. Um they're those those people I kind of I read over. <laughs> I read. Yeah. I listen to. And Hannah. Hannah's really good too. Hannah, Hannah, yes. So those yeah. are the three top people that I, I look for. Mm-hmm. Everything else, just don't even read it. <laughs> right. I, I'm kidding. Some of No, I, I know. Yeah. Our moderators are really good. Just some of them are more active than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about you being a stepkid for a minute. Okay. You were how old when your parents split up? Um, tw- I was 13. Okay. So you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. And... You were with your mom all the time except every other weekend? Um, yes. And then your mom, did she get remarried? Yes. <laughs> so she got remarried. So the my stepdad just passed away back in October. They were married for about 30 years. He had a um, son, and then he had a daughter. The son, at some point, stayed with us. He was there most of the time. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when he moved full time, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, that was quite a ride for everybody. My mom, especially. (laughs) He was, you know, he had, he's had problems with, he's been in jail. What times for for DUIs at least? Oh, wow. Um, He's been in trouble with the law. Um, When he was like 12 or 13, he just, I mean, I think, I don't know if he was diagnosed with that, but I mean, ODD, um, ADHD, Oh wow! I'm finding out there's. I'm finding out he had diagnosis of adult bipolar. That's mm. what I'm hearing. You told him to turn something down, he would turn it up. And mm-hmm. um, this sounds kind of gross, but he would urinate all over the toilet seat on purpose. Oh, just to be in control, just to show who's the boss. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll pee everywhere. He was just. Oh, he. I did not like living with him. I it was. Oh, it was horrible. Did y'all have to share a bathroom? Yes. Ugh. I know, but luckily there was another half bathroom at the other end of the house. (laughs) So, you know, at least I had that extra bathroom to use the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. So my mom and my stepdad, they would fight a lot over him. There was one point when we were adults, but he was, I think he was like 18, but they, they got separated for a week because, and they've had to go to counseling because he's just, he was hard to manage. Yeah. 
Difficult as a stepbrother, difficult as a stepchild, difficult as a son. I mean, he had friends that stole money from me. Just, yeah, that wasn't a very good experience. So I guess I should be blessed in that aspect that my stepson is not very defiant, not defiant at all. Right. Now, what about his daughter, your stepdad's daughter? You know, this, this is kind of interesting because she would kind of come in the picture briefly and then she would kind of, she lived with her mom. Okay. So what my mom had to deal with was a high conflict biological mom. Okay. She, so the mom, my stepdad's ex-wife, apparently she was very difficult. She would try to tell, I think she was putting stuff in the stepkids' heads Mm -hmm. because it's like she wanted to be my friend, my stepsister did, but then she would distance herself. And, And I'm thinking now as an adult, especially now after my stepdad died, there were so much things that we kind of came together and we actually were talking as adults because mm-hmm. we never really did that in that step family situation. We really never communicated or about stuff, but she actually, my stepsister actually told me like how her mom is. She's like, yeah, I just, I know my mom for what she is. And even my stepbrother says that. So I think a lot of their problems were stemmed from the high conflict mom. Yeah. Looking back now because, and then they see it. They you know, you, you've said a podcast, well, they'll, they'll eventually see it. It, it. it may be years, but they will. And that's what happened in this situation. Yeah. They'll see it. They may not ever admit it, mm-hmm. but they'll see it. Mm-hmm. And they may and make he, excuses for it, but they'll see it. Right. Yeah. Whereas that's what happened with my step-sibling. So. But you were pretty close with your stepdad, right? Um. Yeah. I wouldn't say like me as a child, I'd say more, it was with the grand, the grand, with my our kids. Mm-hmm. So my brother has four kids. So I've told you this, I have a twin sister, mm-hmm. even though I don't like being called twin. Yeah. Don't call her the twin. <laughs> yeah. The people that are close to me know that because <laughs> they'll be like, they're like, I don't know why your sister likes being called that. Doesn't mind, but you mind it. I'm like, that's just how I am. <laughs> so I think it was mostly with the grandkids that he was close to, he was more like a grandpa to them. Yeah. So when, when my, you know, when Baba died, that's what they referred him to, then it was just, it was very hard. It was hard on me, but it was a lot hard. It was really hard on the grandkids too. Yeah. Did you always call him Bob? Um, no, never called him Bob, just Robert. Oh, but you never <laughs> called him dad or anything like that? No, no. Cause I, you know. Yeah. My dad, I have a biological dad. <laughs> So you would go to your biological dad's every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then my stepmom. Yeah. Okay. How far apart did your mom and dad live at that time? Oh, about 15 minutes. Wasn't that far. Okay. So you were still able to keep the same group of friends mm-hmm. between homes. Yes. So that, that, yeah, I was blessed in that too. And you only had one stepmom? Yes. She's been a part of her life for, since 93. Wow. So, yeah. And she never had kids. So I have to um, give her props. <laughs> she walked into a, she was 40, been by herself all this, t- you know, all that time, never been married, never had kids. Walks into a situation where there's a 15 year old, which is my brother, and then two 13 year olds. <laughs> so she must yeah. have loved your dad. <sighs> she must have. Actually, no, he, he was like, no, we were almost 16. And she, Anyway, we were teenagers. So, what was your relationship like with her? Did she come in and try to parent you, or she just laid back? No, she she's always laid back. I know she's more involved with the grandkids. Mm-hmm. She's more like a grandma to them. No, she never did. She seemed to be like the friend, the friendly aunt. Mm-hmm. And we would just talk about TV shows. We used to watch Days of Our Lives. <laughs> she would talk about that. She was obsessed with that, and. Yeah, she, and then she, well, there's some stuff like she would buy something like she like, oh, I thought about you guys about this or blah, blah, blah. But no, I never thought of her as not even when they got married. Yeah, she never, never disciplined or any of that. So, so I think she, I think she nachoed. <laughs> she, yeah. Do you still have contact with her now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She actually married us. Really? Yeah. She was a chaplain and she just retired a couple of years ago. She was never ordained, but she got ordained online because we asked her to to marry us. So, yeah. How cool is that? Your stepmom married you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did your mom come to the wedding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get along. So it's funny. My mom 
doesn't communicate with my dad, but she will communicate with my stepmom. In fact, as a matter of fact, my, my mom's sister is actually friends with my stepmom on Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It, but, you know, at the same time, I think it was better just because it involved more of the grandkids. It wasn't a, we're going to have this situation with the kids, you know? Right. Does that make sense? Kind of like uh-huh. you, if, if you had a situation that was more involved with a grandkid, you know, you wouldn't not you your grandkid. <laughs> right, right. Like when Gideon has a birthday, it's, oh, I'm, right. not, I'm not going to not go because the ex is there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my stepdad struggled more with going to my my oldest niece. He struggled more with that because him and my dad actually have had, they've been in two fist fights. <laughs> which what? I didn't, I didn't know that there was a second fist fight until my stepdad died. <laughs> Apparently there were some, and this was like when I was 14, and they were fighting in front of McDonald's <laughs> over, I think it was a situation with child support. Obviously, wow. my stepdad wasn't nachoing. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, so they went to end up going to jail for the night, and my mom had to pay his bail. And my, I think my dad, I think the other time my stepmom paid before they got married. I don't, but I, I just know there was two times that they just fought. So whenever my mom got mad about my stepdad not going, because it's not about him, he just had to. Nacho, whenever he went there, he's just like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm just going to go for my wife. Mm-hmm. So he did still go to events that your dad would be at? Um, after, certain, after a few times, my mom being upset about it. Yeah. But it took, he, she had to convince him. Come on, Fred, you're going with me and you're not <laughs> fighting this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny because his ex-wife's husband's named Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I just grabbed that name by the That's ear. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you give someone that is getting into a blended relationship? I would say if you're a person that likes control and has to be control of everything, you're going to have to do some work because you're not going to have control over. There's going to be a lot of things you don't have control over. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I've had to really work on is letting go certain things, letting go the small things. That's one big thing. There's just a lot of things that are going through my head. Like uh, I could just, Tell somebody. But yeah, for me, that big thing is the control part. And it's hard letting go of that control. But once you do, you realize you were fighting for control you never had. Yes. And that's what you've, told, that's what you've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, the other thing is a lot of people aren't going to appreciate what you think is, is a good intention mm-hmm. may not be a good intention for somebody else. For example, you know, I'm a school psychologist. I evaluate kids for special education services. So I have worked with kids that have autism. I've worked with kids with ADHD. I've worked with kids with emotional disturbance. So anyway, you know, when I found out that my stepson was had autism and he, you know, moved in the, you know, came in the household, I'm thinking, I am going to be a super, I'm going to be a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, I work with kids every day and, you know, I actually have helped them out and then I can help my stepson out because he's here and, I see him more than his mom sees him. So I can just, I can just take over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a crock of, you know, Uh (laughs) it's just certain things you just, you got to let go because when I tried to step in and be involved and give advice and all that stuff, it just, I, my, he didn't want it. My husband didn't, my husband, he, he has, he's got it, but I'm thinking I'm the expert here. I know how it is, you know, with kids they, with autism, you know, this is what, this is what they need. Mm-hmm. So I kept thinking, oh, he's not giving him what he needs, but yeah, got to let go certain things. Yeah. It's not worth your marriage. Mm-hmm. And I've got this from you. Is it worth five seconds? Is it worth five minutes? Is it even worth five years? And mm-hmm. a lot of things I've just kind of like, I want to say some at that time. And there's been times like during the snow day, we've been snowed in since last Wednesday. Oh, and, wow. you know, there's a lot of things you just want to be like, you know, but I'm thinking, is this really important or am I just being petty right now? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm being petty right now. So I'll just shut my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And you realize that there is strength in that. It's empowering to not open your mouth sometimes. Right. And that's a control. You have control mm-hmm. over that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, 
stepmoms especially will say, fight for control over things. Like, they're going to be the ones that communicate with the ex. They're going to be the ones that schedule the doctor's appointments. They're going to be the ones that whatever. Yeah. And then they become resentful, but they took all that on trying to be, and I'm going to use this phrase I saw the other day in Emily Watkins' Facebook group, Captain Save-A-Kid. Stepmoms oh. come in and try to be Captain Save-A-Kid. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy. I mean, that's a good phrase. It is. It is. Gosh. Yeah. And those are things that they shouldn't have control over. Right. Not saying you can't help out 100%, but mm-hmm. there's a difference in helping your significant other and taking control of their responsibilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I used to like be like, well, I was kind of, in, I would be like, oh, has he taken his medicine? It's like seven o'clock. He needs to take his medicine. And I was doing that for about a year. And then I just, I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I so focused on him taking his medicine? Am mm-hmm. I afraid he's just going to like just lose control or something? And, and there was a couple days, I think he hadn't had a medication a couple days, but I didn't even know about it. But if I was so focused on that, I've just been like, you need to do this, you know, to my husband. And it just, it would just, it would give me more stress. Yeah. I'm worried about that. Or you push for the kid to take the medicine when they're at your house. And then when they go to bio moms, you find out that she's not giving them the medicine and it just upsets you tremendously. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, it's just the thing. I just, I just have to let go. Yep. You have to let it go for your own sanity for your relationship with your stepkid and for your relationship with your significant other. Mm-hmm. And really, yeah. Laura, even for your relationship with your bio kid, because if you're constantly focused on the, what the stepkid is doing wrong, you're mm-hmm. not even paying attention to your kid. Exactly. And that's another thing that I've had to work on too, was this is, I need to focus on my kid. I mean, why am I, why am I so focused on what he's doing? Mm-hmm. I need to focus on this child that, I don't even see, but 40% of the time every month. Right. I, I need to not, you know, and that's, and that's one thing I've really, really have worked on. We do, st- my daughter and I do stay, staycations like every like four to six weeks because it's mm-hmm. going to be expensive. So I make sure that I spend that quality time with her because her being in her room, if I'm saying she's here for a week and she's in her room the whole time, that's not spending quality time with her child. Yeah. But if you're doing that kind of stuff, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, go to go to putt-putt, go to the canvas painting things, go get your nails or toes done. Oh, she won't do her nails. She's she's a tomboy. <laughs> Ooh, take her axe throwing. Axe throwing? Yes, Ooh. it's awesome. Hmm. Oh, she would love that. David and I have done it a couple of times, and I took Jackson last year, I think, for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Some Him and his friends, we had a blast. Right. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. I'm sure there's one in your area. They're coming up everywhere. Now, I know she likes to do fencing. Huh. Yeah, she like her and her dad. See, that's her her dad. Um, they just signed up for fencing. I guess. I'm, I don't know. It's funny how she comes up with certain things that she likes to do. But Yeah. That is pretty cool, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah. maybe you can look up and see if there's an axe-throwing place near you and get pricing and see if that's something you could surprise her with. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll I'll look into that. Thank you yeah. very much. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Well, thank you, Lori. Well, it's been great having you share your story, and I am so proud of you because we have seen you come a long way since joining the academy. Well, thank you, and you've been you guys, you and David have been really helpful, and I really appreciate you guys. Oh well, thank much. you, thank you very much. All right, you have a good day. You too, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. It was great having Laura as a guest on our podcast. Yes, it was. And I do like that both her and her husband nacho each other's kids. (laughs) Maybe not fully to the same degree sometimes, but it's a start. And we have to remember they've only been blending two years. Yeah. I mean, we were probably two years in mess before we started coming out of it. (laughs) Well, and think about it. Laura's been in the academy for a while. Yeah. And it's great that she joined early on. Oh, yeah. Before things went to crap and she was ready to walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Well, Laura runs into a, a problem we see in other similar uh, professions. You, know, like you, you feel like you should be able to handle 
what's going on. Like we see that we've talked about it before. We see it in teachers and coaches, you know, people that are around kids a lot. It's like, oh, I do this kid thing all the time. And this is going to be easy. And I think it takes them for a loop because they don't know what they don't know. And then when they get exposed to it, it, you know, they try to treat it just like they do the kids at school or the kids at, you know, daycare or whatever else they're doing. Uh, and it tends to be a bigger challenge, but you know, kudos to her for seeing that she needed, um, more, more guidance and coaching. And in some cases she doesn't learn something new. She kind of is reminded that these are things that you should be doing or not doing. And, and that's oftentimes with anything in life. Like you go to some of these things about how to improve yourself or whatever. And you're like, you know, some of this stuff I know, I just, I'm just not doing it. <laughs> right. But it's, but it helps to be reminded. These are the things you should be doing. And then sometimes it's as simple as you weren't there at that time when it was talked about. When I say there, you weren't there in your journey at the time it was talked about. And so you didn't give much credit to it or pay much attention to it. Right. And then you're there all of a sudden and it's, Oh, what did y'all say about such and such? Yeah. Well, that's the term we always use. Well, a lot of people use it, but it's the term that's used called resonate. Like, does that resonate with you? And that's what it is. When something resonates with you, you're like, Oh, <laughs> I better pay attention. This is something that can help me. When it's not resonating with you, you're like, yeah, whatever. You kick the can down the road, but if it comes back up later, you're like, oh my gosh, what was that? I wish I'd have listened. <laughs> that's like how a lot of people feel when they hear about Nacho. They're like, oh man, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> I mean, I and and then a couple of years down the road, they're like, what was that Nacho crap? I might need that. Yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of people join the academy, and that's one of the things they say is, you know, I just I was all against this in the beginning, or I didn't understand it, and so I thought it was mumbo jumbo whatever is they have this negative connotation right off the bat and then down the road they're like okay okay i get it i see it i want it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep all right david we talked enough in the beginning so let's not bore these people any further all right well uh, i'm not the one boring them just saying so anyway join us next week (laughs) when we are talking about more step family stuff and remember that life is good when you nacho listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.